welcome to Quick Bites by Mind Over Food. I'm Andy Friedman, and today we're going to talk with clinical psychologist Dr. Emily Gordon. Well, today is very exciting because we have a really great guest today. Dr. Emily Gordon is a licensed clinical psychologist with over 18 years experience treating adolescents and individuals with eating disorders. Dr. Gordon maintains a private practice in Natick, Massachusetts. She specializes in treating eating disorders and body image disturbances and is experienced in treating anxiety, depression, relationship problems, life transition, stress, and addiction. Dr. Gordon provides evidence-based treatments and integrates psychodynamic, cognitive behavioral, dialectic behavioral, and family systems therapies in her therapeutic approach. She's adept at balancing insight and understanding with skills and practical tools for change. Dr. Gordon graduated from Northwestern University and earned her PsyD in clinical psychology from Furkoff Graduate School of Psychology at Yeshiva University in New York. She completed a postdoctoral fellowship in child and adolescent psychology at McLean Hospital in Belmont, Massachusetts, and has since supervised psychological trainees at both McLean Hospital and the Boston Institute for Psychotherapy. Dr. Gordon enjoys speaking and writing about eating disorders, adolescence, and young adulthood. So welcome, Dr. Gordon. Thank you so much for joining me on, the, on our Quick Bites podcast today. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to talk about um, these, these topics, which I find super important. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is some overlap with um, what I do and what you do, but I also feel like eating disorders is very specialized and it's so great that you, you know, have focused on that and you're a specialist in eating disorders because it's a very complicated disorder that's probably exacerbated right now by the COVID-19 pandemic. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're, you're seeing in your practice and, and elsewhere? I would love to. <laughs> <Good>. um, <laughs> that's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I think it's important because yes, I do have an expertise in treating eating disorders, but nobody wakes up one day and, and sort of sets out to have an eating disorder, right? I mean, it's, it's not somebody's fault. Um, yes. It's not something that somebody chooses. And I think that there is, um, there's a progression, there are warning signs, there are factors in our culture, there can be kind of family contributions, genetic contributions. So, you know, I think that if we think about the continuum of like why someone might come to see you, right, because they want to be healthy or they you want to, you know, take care of something that is going on for them. Yes. Um, you know, that's all well-intentioned. And then sometimes um, along the way, people, uh, people find themselves uh, in trouble or developing an eating disorder. So, you know, I think it's, a, of course, it is a specialized, um, you know, sort of area of expertise in treating eating disorders. But, um, but it's really important to remember that it, it happens over time. And so, so much of what I talk about um, with someone who has an eating disorder is, is really very um, important and applicable even to someone who doesn't have an eating disorder. 
Um, yes. So I would say that, you know, of course, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? Hopefully we might be rounding the corner actually. And, um, you know, we, we <laughs> coming, um, we can at least see the light at the end of the tunnel, but, but, but look, this has been an incredibly difficult and challenging time for everybody, um, for all different reasons, right? We all have our own struggles and, and, and our individual reasons why we're, why we're, facing challenges and struggles right now. So, you know, um, I think the biggest thing for, for many people and for a lot of the young people that I see is that we've lost control over the things in our lives that we had control over. Um, we've lost our sort of normal ways of coping with whatever it is that is causing us stress or distress, or sadness, loneliness, worry. Um, and, you know, we, it's hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel. So I think that people are, are lonely, they're scared, they, they sort of feel like they don't have choices. Um, and that's where I'm seeing eating disorders on the rise, right? Because, because I think people, do, you know, begin with trying to control something. Um, right. It sort of feels good at the beginning to be able to be making healthy choices or controlling something um, when everything else feels like it's out of control. So yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I do want to kind of reiterate that what what I do with mind over food is not eating disorder treatment. And when I find that one of my clients is really str indeed struggling with an eating disorder, because I do have experience treating eating disorders, um, I refer them out to somebody like you, just so people out there know, because I did get this question yesterday on a, on a Facebook Live that I did about eating disorders and that what I do is not treat eating disorders. And so that was kind of a really good point that maybe somebody starts out coming to me because they really want to make a healthy choice and it becomes something else. And, and a lot of people do also soothe their anxiety around this time with food too. Of course. Yeah, of, of course. course. I mean, it's, and that's appropriate to the situation, right? Right. You know, and I think, um, I mean, what's so important, right, is that, um, <sighs> Of course, it's so important to be healthy, right? And it's so important to take care of yourself and to make goals and um, and to be self-aware. Th those things are, are really important and critical. Um, and I think as I was thinking about, you know, what we might talk about today, yeah. um, I think that there's a lot of focus on physical health in, in yes. our, right? And so somebody might come to you or they might go see their doctor or they might start going to the gym or they might go on a quote diet because they're trying to be quote, be physic quote, physically healthy. Yes. But if I think about what is truly healthy, I think it's the convergence of physical health with psychological, emotional health. And I think so that true. that's sort of the difference between when, because I, I think a lot about what is healthy and what is unhealthy, right? And what is the line between those things? Um, you know, unfortunately, I do see a lot of people that are so focused on being healthy that they've actually become unhealthy. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. I, I see it all the time as well. And it is a problem because there's so much pressure in society 
to be quote unquote fit and healthy. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I do want to con- you to continue down this road because what you're doing for your physical health impacts your mental health. Absolutely. So, yeah. And so being physically healthy needs to include your mental health. Well, and I, I guess I think absolutely what you are doing physically impacts your, you know, your cognitive functioning, your psychological yeah. functioning, right? It, yeah. it absolutely affects your health. Yeah. Um, but I also think that, um, that you have to think about what is your, what it, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? What is it that's emotionally healthy for you? And that that has to be present at the same time that you are worrying about your, your physical health, right? I mean, um, I even think about it in terms of, you know, um, I, I have a child with an allergy and it's yeah. really interesting, right? As you think about, yeah. You know, you have to be really careful um, yes. what you eat when you have an allergy. And yet, how do you be careful about what you eat and vigilant to the things that you're allergic to? Um, you know, how do you balance that with with living your life? Um, and so I think that that's that's always there's always that dialectic, that that balance that I'm trying to strike with people. Right, right. It's it's so important. And I and I often talk about, you know, when you nourish your body, you nourish your brain and that does impact your mood or, you know, it impacts your mental health as well. But balance, I think, is the key word here. Right. Right. That and even in my practice, I try not to even use the word healthy food or unhealthy food because that can really send people out of whack <laughs> or it can be triggers, right? Well, and it, yeah, it creates this idea that there's healthy and unhealthy or good and bad. Correct, exactly. And, and I know we're going to get to it, but I think, you know, you, you alluded to talking about messages that that we get from the outside right i think there's so many messages coming into us in all different ways about you know what is healthy and what is unhealthy what is good what is bad what we should be doing what we shouldn't be doing and yeah. um i mean it it's overwhelming right i mean there's so much information out there which is in some ways really great, but in other ways it can be confusing and overwhelming and contradictory. Yes. So, you know, for me, as I think about what is health, and I think as we as we look through all of that information out there to to figure out what is health, we have to think about what is healthy for me. Right. And that there has to be, again, this balance between these external messages and the internal messages of what do I want? What do I feel? What do I need? Um, How do I nourish myself from the inside? And um, and and so I think there, you know, we're talking about all these words, right, about balance and nourishment and health. Um, And there's this real internal external dichotomy. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it's such a great point. And feel free to talk more about what you're seeing with your clients around all this external messaging, especially now in the pandemic and with adolescents in particular and social media. 
Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I think all of us are affected by social media. In yes. We both realize and don't realize, right? And I think that, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, if you, like I was seeing all these, you know, sort of postings and feeds and articles about like exercise and, um, you know, all these things that we feel like we should be doing or right. that other people are doing, right? You see what other people are doing and then you have this comparison that goes on of, oh, that person's doing that. So that means that, you know, that I should be doing that or that's like the right way to do things. And, um, and, and there just is all, there's all of these messages about what other people are doing and, and what's again, like the right way to do things to, you know, cleanse or fast or um, exercise. Um, and I think that if you don't stop and think about what am I seeing? What does that mean? What is that about? What am I not seeing that that person is posting? Is this really healthy for them? Um, you know, we really have to be like critical consumers. Yes. Uh, I, I remember back in college, I um, was somehow exposed to Jean Kilborn, right? And and her oh. messages, of, I mean, it's, you know, it's very dated information, Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was about understanding advertising. Right. And understanding the messages and really being educated about what what is being communicated and why. And this idea that, you know, all this advertising out there, right, our culture, um, it actually is intended to make us feel bad and then make us feel like we need to buy something. Right. Right. To fix how we're feeling on the inside. That's right. That's what advertising is. That's right. Um, and so um, I think it's really important, you know, obviously the, the medium has changed. We're now into social media in addition to advertising print, you know, print ads. And, um, but I tell this story all the time where, you know, I would be driving around with a car full of kids and, you know, all of a sudden there's an advertisement for a weight loss program um, or, a, you know, a, a diet something. And if my, my kids one day asked me, like, is there something wrong with our radio? Because I would turn the, <laughs> I turn it down right because because that's I great yeah I don't want them hearing that and you it's like we're, we're listening to a, a, a radio station that is the songs they like and then all of a sudden here's this advertisement that I, I didn't ask for I don't want and it's really harmful and so I think that there we are just bombarded and you know you bring up teenagers um, yeah constant social media, right? Constant comparison to what other kids and teens are doing. Um, and, and it can really, um, you know, at a time when the brain is really still, still get it, like still figuring out what feels like positive feedback. Um, it's so important to be liked and accepted by your peers. Yeah. And that's the language and that's the way that you're getting likes it can be really, really harmful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is harmful. I mean, I think that we have to be aware of how it's affecting us, you know? And I have older teens, actually, my daughter just turned 20. And, you know, we've all been trying our best mm -hmm. to manage their social media time and their screen time. And it becomes this thing where you're interacting with your children in this way. And it's like, there's so many other ways you'd rather be interacting with your children. 
And it's like always fighting about it or or at least attention yeah. about it. And to see how it's impacted the body image. Mm-hmm. Both my both my children, I have mm-hmm. a son and a daughter, not not necessarily them, but their their peer groups. Yeah. Well, and just like the idea of like what other what people look like, right? Or sort of what's right. reasonable or what's reasonable. Um, so you know. One of the things that I really like to talk about with people is what can we do? Very and, good. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I think that we're talking about being educated and being aware. Um, but one of the things that I think is super important is um, is trying to be a little bit more proactive and trying to be um, trying to create more positive news feeds. Right. And whatever your social media of choice is, because right. As you say, one option is to limit screen time, you know, and and, and social media. It's a media. struggle. It's a struggle, it, right? It's yeah. A struggle, right? I mean, I, I do still recommend that you, yes. parents try to do it, right. um, you know, for as long and as much as they can. Um, but there comes a point where you can't. And so one of the things that I talk with people a lot is um, finding uh, organizations or sites or um influencers or um, kind of people that are posting positive messages so that in your feed, you actually have things that are positive as opposed to just negative. Um, You know, there's, there's, um, there's a really great organization that's local here. It's called media girls and they talk a lot about um, using social media you know, in, in positive, responsible, empowering ways. And it's, I I think it, um, it's really, I I think it's a great perspective, right? Is that there are, there's, there are really some wonderful things about social media and, and there are ways that we can, um, really reach a lot of people. So, um, so I, I encourage, you know, my, um, people that I work with to follow dietitians who are body positive, to follow organizations, um, you, you know, and, and so that is something that we all can do. Yeah, that is so great. And I just want to tell my listeners that I'll post that in the description and any other links that um, Dr. Gordon wants to send me. I'll I'll post it in. Yeah, I'll post it in the description. Uh, Thank you for, you know, talking about that, because I think that because now I think social media is such a much bigger part of our world because we're home and we're not doing just some of the the stuff that you wouldn't do on your phone. You know, we're spending more time on a screen than ever before. Case in point, and people don't realize this, but we're actually on a Zoom call right now. So we're we're on our screen, but it's just more important than ever, I think. It's more important. And you know, look, I mean, at the at the heart of it is connection, right? Yes. Connection and um yes. and um you know, being feeling known or, um, you know, just sort of the, the, the interpersonal connection. And so I think, of course, right now, when we, we have less and less actual connection, right. Or sort of physical connection, quite literally, (laughs) you know, um, I think that people are looking for connection and, um, company and understanding in different ways. And, and I think there's some, you know, there's ways in which social media 
can actually achieve that. There's ways in which it can feel like it's achieving that. Um, and so I think it, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, of course. Of course. Like, like I said, all, all these things that maybe we're identifying as issues are kind of appropriate to the situation, <laughs> you know, it's expected and, and maybe even not to feel bad or like a failure because of that, because we're all struggling. And if anyone says their life is all great on social media, there's probably something else behind that. So, you know, I, I am really a strong believer that um, self-criticism and self-judgment, uh, while we're all programmed for that, and it comes to some people more than others, but in, in general, it comes pretty easily. Yeah. It's really, it's really not helpful. No, um, it's not helpful. It's really not helpful. It's, it, it's not healthy. Right. And um, I think that it's so important to just start from a place of compassion for oneself. Right. Right. Understanding and acceptance, because again, I think a lot of people get into trouble um, when they, and I hear this a lot, you know, well, I feel this way, but I shouldn't. Feel right. Yes. Right? Or I feel this way, but I wish I didn't. Or right. I re like, I really have no reason to feel this way. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we really can all be much more effective if we can identify how we do feel. And then what do we need to do about that? As opposed to having this internal argument about whether we, how we feel and is that okay? And is that not okay? And, um, I, you know, that to me feels like a waste of time. Yeah. I would much rather be focusing on what is going on and what is the experience and what can we do about it? Because right. there are lots of things that we can do um, to focus on health, to focus on body positivity, um, and to take care of ourselves and the people around us. Yeah. Oh, it, it's so important. And just to kind of connect that to what I do with Mind Over Food, I tell my clients, this is a big, huge thing, is that beating yourself up after you eat something or overeat something is not helpful and is doesn't get you any closer to your goals. Mm -hmm. And acceptance and like you say, you know, I, I call it being kind to yourself, mm -hmm. self-compassion, however you want it to put it, is really much more likely to get you to where you want to be, you know, and we try to not focus on a certain number, a goal weight. We don't, you know, I try to get rid of that. And it's more like a health goal. Uh -huh. The biggest sabotage to that health goal is you beating yourself up or not, or, or that negative self-talk. Yeah. You know, I think negative self-talk is huge. huge. Um, I think that we really need to listen to how we talk to ourselves. I also think we need to listen to how we talk to other people and about other people. Um, Very good point. Right. Because I, I think that, you know, as parents, um, there's lots of things yeah. you can do, you, you know, in your own talk about yourself that, that other people in your house are, are hearing and listening to. I notice it in conversations with my friends, right? Um, I, I, I think that the more we can all the talk less, so <laughs> the less we can all talk about body and weight and being on diets and- Yes. Um, Yes. You know, working out. Yes. Um, not that those things aren't 
healthy and important for some people under some circumstances, right? But it, it has a way of infiltrating our culture and our conversations and our sense of ourselves. So, so I, true. What so an amazing point. Important. So important. And, 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 and not to get dogmatic about whatever it is you're doing, if it's working for you, great, but not to get dogmatic about that's, I think a really huge thing that if you, if you're talking about what you're doing, I, I, my clients tell me this all the time. If they, if they say they won't even, they don't even want to say, oh, I'm working with Andy or something like that about this. They're like, oh no, you just need to go keto. I've done keto and it's work, you know, and it, and people get really dogmatic about it. And that's not, that's not compassionate. It's not. So I, yeah. Yeah. I think it has a way of being rigid, right? And yes. what, we're, what we're after here, going back to, you know, going back to the beginning is bad. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that the, the other thing is that there's years worth of research, right? That shows that diets really aren't effective in the long run. They're not, yeah. And they create more problems. Correct. And so I think what, what happens when people get dogmatic is they, they, they try to follow something that is un unrealistic, right? Or unreasonable yeah. or, or too rigid. And, and that's just hard to do. It's hard to maintain. It's and literally stressful. It literally actually causes you to excrete stress hormones. And, and then, you know, then it leads into that, feelings of failure or feeling right. like this something, you know, sort of giving up because something wasn't effective. Exactly. So another thing that I, I really like to talk about is having reasonable and realistic and also healthy goals and Perfect. being very mindful and thoughtful about that at the beginning. Correct. Um, yeah. That, that, you know, I think that that really sets the stage. And that's exactly where, what we talk about uh, in mind over food. So you just really, you heard it from the doctor here, folks. It's <laughs> so interesting, right? That this sort of so parallel, interesting. Right? We're talking yeah, oh, absolutely. Being, we're talking about being healthy and yeah. you, know, you come at it from a, a nutritional kind of physical. It's actually cognitive behavioral. That's really what it is. <laughs> I don't really talk about nutrition that much because I'm not a dietitian or whatever, but so it really is a psychological issue rather than a what you're eating issue. <laughs> so interesting, right? It's um, so we're really talking about the same thing. Yeah. Um, um, about how do we define health for ourselves, um, for the people that we care about, and how do we kind of go about attaining that? Um, so I think the other thing that's super important for people to understand is that, um, health really comes from within and it's really an individual thing. And there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, in, you know, in our medical field and also in our culture about what, what healthy is. And so it's, it's, it's really important to understand what is healthy for you. Um, it may not be the size that you think you want to be. And that's, I think, another challenge that sometimes people have is what happens when they kind of value a certain size or, or image and it, it is not healthy for them. But really health exists at every size and 
we have to think about what, what, what our own definition of health is. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that's so important. And I, and I try to uh, counsel my clients on that as well, because they come with a, a goal weight and we try to like, let that go. And also, like you said, the medical community kind of needs to catch up here a little bit. Not, not everybody, but there's, there's a lot of people who kind of need to catch up with that notion that there is health at any size and it doesn't necessarily conform to their BMI chart. So that's very true. I think it comes back to this idea of um, from health from within, right? And not from, right. from, from outside. Well, this has just been so great. And I hope everyone understands that you can't talk about wellness and not talk about mental health. It's such a huge part really needing to look at what's going on rather than saying, if I do this thing that I see somebody else doing, that will make me happy or that will make me less anxious or whatever it is that you're dealing with. And it's really thinking about, okay, what's really going on. So thank you so much for, for sharing that and, and for talking with us. Can you just quickly tell people if they want to reach out to you, how, how to reach out to you? Sure. Um, I have a website. It's www.dremilygordon.com. Um, it has my email, my phone number. Uh, some, every once in a while, I post some articles on there. Oh, very um, good. So that's how you can find me. Great. That's excellent. And I'll put that also in the description uh, section. Once again, Dr. Gordon, thank you so much for talking with us. This has been wonderful. And I hope you out there enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you for so much for having me. Um, it's so nice to connect and I look forward to more conversations like this. I hope you enjoyed this interview with my special guest, Dr. Emily Gordon please visit my webpage at mindoverfood.com if you'd like to listen to more of these Quick Bite podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Mind Over Food or are interested in one of my free 15-minute consultations, please visit my website or email me at andy at mindoverfood.com. You can also contact me on Facebook at facebook.com slash mindoverfoodtraining. And I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening to Quick Bites by Mind Over Food. I'm Andy Friedman. Keep an ear out for more Quick Bites coming soon.